Joseph here with Jesse and John at Conduit, and we have a uh, lovely guest, Janet Sun. Hi. All the way from... Good to be here. Well, all the way from everywhere. Yeah. Way, Where are you? Currently from, from China. China. Yeah. I'm from China. We're from um, China. But before we get started, currently we got a, a couple of social currently. contests going on. So currently you can win a pound of really awesome El Salvador. How does one win this stuff? I want to, I want to, am I eligible? Uh, you're not. Jesse. Am I? Unfortunately. <sighs> uh, but those of you listening are. So you can go to coffeeloversmag.com slash contests. Uh, and I'll update in the show notes as well because that might actually change. So Janet, you just came uh, came in from China directly? Um, yeah, from poor. I stopped by San Francisco. Okay, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, yep, fresh from China coffee scene. So I was kind of hoping you could uh, kind of paint a picture for us about uh, what the coffee scene is like over in China because it's it's kind of like exploding pretty rapidly, right? Yeah, it is. It's um, it's colorful, stylish. Um, I think there's a couple of really interesting things about Chinese coffee. It's, um, so, you know, a lot of things that we've gone through in our coffee culture, like, you know, from people drinking coffee every day at work to the specialty movement, you mm-hmm. know, and now like third wave coffee. So I feel like China has just gone zipped right through it. Yeah. So now coffee is, you know, right from the start, it has a really high price point. So. Uh, like a cup of Starbucks latte might be 36 RMB. That would be the equivalent of like $36. $36? Wow. 36 dollars. 36 US dollars. Yeah. Um, if you, you know, if you goodness. consider how much people make, mm-hmm. so that's exactly um, about the about the. So that's not a, that's not know. a straight monetary conversion. That's like comparing. Um, well, it'd be six made. US dollars. But, you know, a Chinese person, nah. an average salary might be like, okay. you know, 1,500 RMB. Why is like it so much more money? It started off as a luxury product, you know. I can't um, imagine. I, I, I can't, you know, if you ask Starbucks, it'll say, um, in the beginning, there's coffee with hard to find, you know, milk is very expensive. And right. so on Obviously, the, the culture but there is accepting it and, and diving into it. What, what do you think um, is influencing the, the quick acceptance um, of it? I don't think, I think it's still very hard to survive as an all, co- all coffee okay. um, mm. place. So you can maybe make it in, you know, um, Shanghai and Beijing. But in other cities, you have to be really special mm. to, you know, sustain a business on top of that. Okay. Interesting. Um, um, a lot of what, what's making people dive into it is it's, it's new. It's kind of like how people are diving into specialty tea here. Mm. You know, it's this, it, it's like, it's a specialty food, but it's, it's new, it's trendy, and it has all these like international associations. If you know about tea, you know about Asia, you have this other, you know, mm-hmm. side to your culture. So <laughs> that's what. Like, China probably also has the benefit of not, like, coffee wasn't, coffee was never like a commonly consumed beverage there, was it? No. It was yeah. not. I, I think that, that commonality in, in Western cultures has a strong influence on, I guess, slowing down progression. Does that make sense? 
Right. Uh, there are people who, who are not going to accept, you know, specialty coffee at a high price. Like, they're right. not going to pay $36 for a cup right. of coffee. They're not going to think it's luxury, but right. you can just start yeah. it. When they can get their, their K-cup for 60 cents, which, by <laughs> the way, is a ridiculous concept since that's... Right. Like but, sixty cents K cup comes out to like sixty dollars a pound coffee. Anyway, that's yeah, <laughs> well, yeah, totally. Yeah, sixty to eighty dollars a pound for K cups. Yeah, <laughs> and it's not as good. It's pre-ground. That's that's I awesome. wanted to ask Janet though because this coffee culture and then what our experience in the specialty coffee world, kind of how we met a few years ago now, but mm-hmm. um, is through you know the company ninety plus and those amazing yeah. coffees that they have. So you have coffees that are you know two hundred and forty dollars a green pound. Yeah. Um. And I imagine they're more expensive by the time they get to China because of the taxes and everything it takes to get there. Yeah. But so there's such a wealth disparity that you're going from a Starbucks kind of coffee that's equivalent to $36 a cup to coffee that's, you know, $36 a cup here. I, I'm just curious how that coffee culture then is, is, is that trickling down at all? Or is there just very few people that are experiencing any kind of coffee? Like um, that? I think um, something that, like 90 plus is People love it in China. It's just the right place, um, you know. When people pay, and for the for the consumer, it doesn't end up being that much more money. But for the same amount of money, you're getting ninety plus coffee as opposed to, you know, um, some a coffee that's other coffee that's you know, much more common, much more. Um, Do they get a lot of Central American coffees? Kind of. I mean, um, yeah, Guatemalans, Costa Ricans, um, they're every, every cafe, every specialty cafe I see offering, um, all coffees from all over the world. Okay. So you have to have Central America, South America. Right. So, it seems like that's changed in the last couple of years. Yeah. So before it was, um, Yurgachev and Geishas. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. uh, that's interesting. That's quite the way to get into the coffee industry is from that higher end and from the start with the geishas. Start with start with the specialty coffee. (laughs) It's just uh, it's just a lot more um, a lot easier for people to taste. You know the difference. Right. And it goes along with that tea culture. I mean, yeah. Seems like I mean the the taste buds and the way you taste the differences and different teas. I imagine you know the really light, really high end coffees. There's a there's a slightly different yeah taste. is there more in ceremony in the coffee? There is. Is that um, aspect? I see smaller it? portions. I see, um, you know, I see smaller, uh, fancier containers <laughs> for like your, you know, your um, your pour over doesn't come in like a ceramic mug. It comes in a tiny, tiny little like two layered Hario, you know, glassware. <laughs> so. Um, I remember you you posted on Google Plus, like last week or something. Yeah, uh, like a tour. That, of yeah, something. I went to. It was should have been a bunch of. Oh, I think I only posted the ones from um, from Beijing. Okay, I'm um, try but there is. Yeah, I did a I did a whole coffee tour like all hmm. around the country um, this time just to see you know where specialty coffee was going. You know, even in cities like Chengdu, there's a there's a cafe called UID Cafe that's extremely good. Really? I would have thought they were something from like Tokyo or you know or or Seattle the super fancy like having um, you know having like motorcycles and jeans like vintage jeans like um, it's outfitted like a clothing store and 
90 plus um, on the pour over, you know, perfect wow. latte art, perfect milk, everything. So, so they, they actually, so they'll actually have a clothing store and a cafe? Yeah, the, the clothing store. So it's a, fa so I find that every, most cafes that make it outside of the, you know, Beijing or Shanghai, they have to have a theme. So they, this, this um, cafe started from fashion, so. Oh wow! This was from. The so this Beijing is, tour. yeah. So the Beijing tour. What's What's really interesting about that is, in Beijing you have a lot of culture. You just see these old buildings. You know, you have Tiananmen Square. You have, like, where the emperor and empress used to live, right next to these little streets. And there would be hmm. like Peking Duck. You know, just to the side, uh -huh. like. Uh -huh. I don't know for like six dollars, <laughs> like, um, and then you have these um, these coffees for about the same price. So, and you can see the selection that they have. Um, so over here, it's like Colombia, um, um, it's Colombia, Guatemalan, um, two different kinds of. They're all estate um, <laughs> coffees, Hawaiian, and a. Um, um, Indonesian, uh -huh. and um, and of course, ninety plus. Is oh, well, sorry, level up. Yeah. And the level up Dunshmen. Level up is the the uh, uh, brand started by ninety plus founders. Yeah, oh, okay. it's their levels it's, of coffee. Um, basically, it's yeah. kind of how their pricing structure works. Ninety plus for your listeners is is the name of a company. Spelled out 90 plus. Um, they're sort of based out of Denver, but these guys travel all over the world. They own a couple farms and really are doing exceptional stuff with the farm and processing of coffees um, and the agriculture of it, the science. And everybody's learning incredible amounts from them. And they're the level of work and precision. Yeah. And they're really awesome people. Very and very, very So maybe there'll be a link in the magazine or something. This level up is more highly available. Uh, if you haven't if if you haven't listened to last week's episode by listening now, go listen. That's my interview with uh, Steve Holt. Oh, that's Steve right. Ninety plus. Steve Holt. Steve Holt. <laughs> um, so yeah, we're 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 looking at pictures on Google Plus. Right yeah, now. I wish your like, listeners could see these. Well, yeah. If so you go to the show so you see, that's I mean, that's the kind of latte art you get everywhere. Um, there's right. a, So over here, there's um a, there's a cafe called Barista. Way better than Fake John. Um, better than Fake John. So, I mean, it's I can easily get something like that in yeah. Seattle. Totally. That's, mm -hmm. Yeah. Are you how how hard is it to find good coffee? Um. I mean, these are huge well, cities, and if they have one or two cafes in them, that's one thing. But. You know. Um, for me, it is hard, and I don't know if it's because I have a different taste in coffee than, you know, the right. population. I, I, the the brewed coffee tends to be too sour. They're <laughs> a little bit baked to me. They taste a okay. little bit baked. They're really tea-like. Right. You know, Do, they're, I have all sorts of questions. Do the roasters, like, travel and go to places in Europe or places in America and, and um, learn? Um, I know we hosted really, some Thai family, a Thai family here that was working with some farm. But I mean, they, you know, from Taiwan, there's like these roasters that won like the um, the SCAE, the Specialty Coffee Association of Europe. Okay. Um, they're, you know, they're like they place like first or second in the roasting competitions. Right. Um, 
these guys, a lot of these cafes roast their own. So that's another thing that's really, um, I feel like it's just jumped over, you know, the way um, that things used to be done. So these cafes, because the volume is so low, right. it becomes more, um, you know, um, I guess it, it's like more of a brand power for each cafe to roast their own. And they have their own, you know, and they sell their own roasted coffee. Right. As opposed to, and, and it makes they're, that distribution they're really chain of green coffee really difficult as well, it seems like. The, like the, the, the warehousing of the green beans and, you know, having that kind of small of a, small of a consumer at the right. end, it seems. Yeah, raises yeah. a lot of I barriers. Think that's that's really the thing. So, and there's not, you know, the emphasis over here. I like a roaster's emphasis in consistency, having a really good product offering. Right. Or if you're a cafe, you don't have to have, you know, you have all these different coffees coming in all the time. It doesn't have to be consistent. You're nobody's right. consuming, and it just has to be your flavor, right? Your style. So that's what a lot of these cafes are going to. Um, yeah, I was talking to Cafe Culture, which is a magazine that was doing that, and they interviewed Uncle Bing, who's a who's a pretty famous like roaster, a Chinese roaster. He's like in the um, in the Probot. Um, <laughs> if you see their product brochures, he's in there, and um, he's also in the SCA like um, photos. So um, he was saying something like, you know, he really thinks that things are going to even out and people are still going to go back to the to getting their coffees from the roasters mm. but mm -hmm. i'm not sure well roasting i mean we i know that roasting is hard it's hard to maintain it and it's hard to maintain that if you're not really into it sometimes yeah. you're more into the presentation of the coffee and right. and you know so there is a, i think there is going to be a need for wholesaling yeah it's hard because there's not a lot of wholesalers either i imagine right and so yeah. if you want good coffee you want to try good coffee try it in your as a you know, owner of a cafe or something, then you have to kind of roast it yourself because there isn't necessarily somebody around that's going to yeah, roast it. that's right. Um, I know some of the little batch roasters that a lot of people are using, there's more and more coming, you know, Asian designs are coming out of Asia. That, yeah. Um, Do yeah. consumers here have an awareness of the roaster? In like, China, I think it's more, um, you know, I, I don't think, not as much as over here mm. where you say, you know, I get it from this roaster because I like for the florals, for the fruit taste to be more accentuated. I like these guys because you're sweet, you know. So people don't say that. They go, you know, they yeah, yeah. I think they're nice guys, so I drink their coffee. <laughs> I mean, these guys Feel sorry are like, for him. you know, this is a really fancy packaging. Uh -huh. This is a very cool branding, and right. you know, we know it's good yeah. because they do so well in their cafe. We were talking two episodes ago, possibly about the like geopolitical strifes of countries and you know the coffee growing region. Uh, I was reading this article here that says uh, that Nestle Chocolate Company is mm -hmm. big producer and buyer of coffee, huge, uh, yeah. and that they prescribe to a three-in-one instant coffee is is how they work um, with a price structure of one and a half RMB per unit of coffee sold, which seems really Wait, low. One and a half unit of so what I, I would assume that would be one and a half RMB to a pound, what, what, whatever the commonly sold coffee is. It says so one uh, Kanye to a pound. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just 
you're, you're following. You're following on the conversions, right, listeners? I, I'm following it on here. But it's one Kanye so, to a pound of coffee. Know, one so, little R and B. You know, we always hear about stories like, uh, and Nestle is actually very good about their pricing. Mm-hmm. That's what I was wondering. Was are you seeing help from? Everybody kind of needs a, a, a pioneer in the industry to to get you through. You know, I mean. We, we get part time about Starbucks, but they were a pioneer in our industry here in the United we States. We wouldn't be doing at all what we're doing about yeah. Starbucks. <laughs> well, yeah, somebody had to make it better, they, right? They right. have probably the the strongest yeah. influence on the public discourse on coffee, like yeah. a, a, on, a, on a broad level, right? Yeah. Uh, which is, I mean, how many times today, like the oh yeah, at the meeting today, the guy was, you know, I'll walk past twenty Starbucks, and it's always the basis for everything. Yeah. 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 So do you I'm, find that though with Nestle opening up like the Nest cafes in China? Um, their packaging and making it pretty, but still using the same coffee. Do you see them going that direction? Or are they really helping the farms grow and move and mature, I guess? Oh, Nestle has been in China for a long time. Okay. I don't see them as being the guys, you know, taking advantage of this, like, merging market as much. So they are, you know, I think they they did a really smart thing making the capsules available because people don't have to get grinders and confirmation okay. it's a very low investment um you know from you always hear about stories of like um starbucks or nestle getting really low prices on coffee but nestle actually publishes all of their prices um every other week okay um so and it's not it's not low and they yeah. they respond to the government they invest like you know, coffee education and agriculture. Yeah. I hear good things about them. Okay, I'm just, I'm just reading, so I was going to ask. I don't want to know. Nestle as a as a company, I think. Well, uh, in in Thailand, Nescafe is everywhere. Okay. Which actually, I yeah. There are a couple times where that was my only option, and and I yeah, Nescafe. I, I, you didn't. I did. I did. You a didn't. tube of Nescafe. Oh. <laughs> I was like, whatever, there's nothing else, Nescafe. I might as well have a tube of Nescafe. <laughs> might as and, well. And yeah. I had it, and I was like, oh, this is not, it's not bad. Yeah. It's not bad. Uh, it's kind of like, you know, your uh, Swiss Miss hot chocolate. I was going to say, it's, it, it has <laughs> yeah. to be comparable to, like, the Starbucks, like, mocha drink or the, yeah. right? I but, mean, um, a latte. So, and on, a on the it's subject of... It's a lot cheaper of, than the Starbucks, um, you know, bottled yeah, but I mean that's what it is, right? It's an instant drink, ready yeah. to go. Okay. Oh yeah, you just right. yeah. pour it in the cup, add water. Uh, but on the subject of of um, the the company and the helping farmers, um, at least in in Thailand, I talked to uh, at least one farmer who was getting consistent direct help from yeah. from their like um, the main organization there in that country. We like their CEO come to our, you know, their China. Um, Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah. So he comes to yeah. He we see him on the farm. You see him like interacting with the farm. So I think that's pretty cool. Yeah. I should talk to them. Um, Give me some chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> see what I can do. Do you want to tell us about uh, Manla River or? Uh sure. Manla River. Well. <laughs> <laughs> Why so not? Is yeah. Okay. <laughs> Manla River. Farm. Isn't that what fake John always says? Menlo River? Menlo River. Yeah, people spell Menlo and they end L-O-A. It's L-A-O. Menlo. So anyway, so it's a, it's a 10,000 hectare farm um, that started out from poverty alleviation and environmental protection. 
and it's using coffee as one of the ways for the farmers to get income. So that's what Mellow River is. And um, this year, we're, we're always trying to improve quality. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so um, I think this year, our crop is like one of the best. And we are seeing really competitive coffees coming out of Yunnan. So this year, in, um, in um, auction, um, hosted by Ted Lingle. So he is actually with the Poor Coffee Exchange. Um, you know, where it's for smallholders um, to take their coffee and get buyers for it. So the best um, cuffed coffee that fetched the highest um, auction price of 2,600 RMB per kilo, which would be about 400 something dollars per kilo. So that's- Per thousand grams. <laughs> Yeah, so like 200 bucks a pound. I mean, this wow. is, but yeah, this is like with a lot of hype, a lot of, you know, a lot of like ladies in ball gowns on the stage doing the auction, but. Ladies um, in ball gowns and coffee, that makes sense. Yeah. But, you know, I think it tells you, I think it shows you how excited people are getting mm. about coffee. Want to know what the flavor of Chinese coffee is? <laughs> it's starting to get a very distinct characteristic flavor. I would describe it as like um, toasted dates, like dates from, you know, yeah. like the dates you go out with. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> toasted. Toasted dates, you know, when they drink too much. It's, um, so it is very Chinese. It's like what you would have in a Chinese New Year's dinner or something, you know, like the dessert and a Chinese New Year's dinner. It's like brown sugar with plum Interesting. dates. So how's the agriculture from the regions? Because it seems like, I mean, the agriculture, we know the soil is going to lead to these, some of these flavors and it's going to give some of the characteristics. Is there a lot of those sort of earthy, fruity, dark fruit notes coming at all? Like no, not. There's nothing earthy. It's a very, um, it's a light, it's medium bodied. <laughs> it's light to medium bodied. So this particular um, flavor profile, we get it in our own coffees. We taste it in these lots that are, you know, coming out of the auctions. I think it's the, I think it's the Chinese coffee flavor. Yeah. Well, it's and better it, than it, like that musky wood, you know, Moldy taste. Moldy taste yeah. that everybody's used to with Chinese coffee. coffee. We used to put the mold in there, you know, we thought it would be like really Silly cool Americans. Ones. So part of your farm... I don't know why they didn't put it in the <laughs> um, Part of the, the creation of your farm is to also help sustain national forestry, right? Like yeah. National Park in China. What do you think the biggest um, hurdle from producing on that land and still maintaining a national reserve. What's your biggest hurdle in the next coming decade, two decades that the farm is going to have to, to answer to? How, how, um, how to make money from the land without destroying it. And yeah, I would yeah. say it's actually one of the last pieces, um, you know, of environmentally healthy land that's left mm. in China. In Beijing, people are wearing gas masks on their way to work. You know, yeah, I've seen a few on a bus here. Yeah. So I'm trying oh, to figure out uh, here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, people wearing, not gas masks, but you know, they wear, like they're afraid of the rest colds yeah. and coughs. Oh, and, no, no, I'm oh, not, no, talking, no. About, I'm like not talking about the white. Um, you're really talking oh, about like nothing. a that's dangerous nothing. mask. I'm talking about like, yes, wow. I'm talking about wow. like a poison gas mask, like with the big hose coming out the front. You see people wearing that on their bikes, biking wow. to work, wow. like on their, 
um, Shanghai, Beijing, yeah. they all have it. So it's really bad. Do they have a direct re- like reason why that's happening? Is it is a part of well, yeah, but I mean, is there a is there a certain industry? It's all the coffee that's roasters. From? I mean, yeah, it's 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 I mean, all it's the just industry. Everything. It's all the it's industry. Just, it's all the deforestation. Yeah. It's all the um, you know overpopulation. Like, yeah. And oh man, that's sad. All right, let's um, talk about happier things. No, no, how do you no, how do you drink a macchiato through a gas so mask? Important. I mean, I think we ended that last episode was on the fact of like what when you go into a coffee shop, you, you spend five dollars, you go on your way to work, you know, right? You're not thinking about it, but um, it re- it really does play a point into saying that hey, look, in China they have these problems, and they're also trying to produce an agriculture. That, I think right. it's yeah. actually all over the world. Oh, yeah, exactly. I mean, that was what we were saying about yeah. the Yemeni coffee. Is like as soon as you don't care about where that coffee is, you don't care about the cost or the story that's coming with that specialty coffee, then you don't care about Yemen anymore. You don't care about those people that are really trying hard. And you don't, you know, if you're buying Chinese coffee, then you are, I mean, quality specialty coffee out of China, then you're really supporting a very sustainable form of agriculture that's combating a lot of pollution. I think the the key is calling uh, calling attention to agriculture, how that's valuable. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't matter whether, what I mean, the these farmers, is, right? can, they uh, can plant right. something else and we can make it profitable, but something about, there's something about coffee that really, you know, makes people like, well, there's an emerging trend into specialty coffee in the last yeah, right. five, coffee 10 years. I mean, and it's hard to grow really nice coffee. I mean, it gives yeah. the farmers that care oh. something to strive for. It's goal setting. You coffee know what I mean? It's very amazing. sensitive to how sustainable the environment is. Right. I think that's Thank you. So. I know you can't yeah, grow nice so coffee. You can't have a nice right. cup of coffee if you abuse the land or the people. That's right. So on that subject, are are you all finding any uh, challenges with pollution, with um, relation to the so farm? We are not because we have a t- our ten thousand hectares. It's huge, and we only cultivate like twenty five percent, and maybe you know only ten percent of it is for coffee. Mm-hmm. Like the other. It's for coffee and agricultural products, like the other is for the farmers to live on. So it's very little cultivated. It's very pristine land. Mm. Um, I mean, we are not, but when, but we need to quickly figure out, you know, how to do intercropping the best way to get more profits to use the land better in a better way, and you know, to rotate to not deplete the minerals, the nutrients. So. How about um, the science, the soil science, and and yeah, kind of the, the agricultural science. Is there a there's lot of a, support for that coming out of it? Um, there's a lot. Of, there's very like I see very good um, examples of intercropping, like on our farm and other farms. Where I mean, we're collaborating with the um, China um, Agricultural Department and Tropical Tropical Agricultural Department, um, you know, especially on that, like on um, what kind of plants you should, you know, plant with coffee that'll rotate and give the farmers a good income. Mm. That's great. Mm. I would love to Ooh. see your farm. Uh, you know, I'm just like transporting the, myself there, running through the fields and it's, ditching all of you guys. I'm out of here. You, you Never. Gotta, you got to go through the gas mask region first. Uh, yeah, you have to. Go bring there. bring your own mask. So Chinese coffee is is fairly new, I think, to everybody. I mean, as much as anybody else's coffee, micro roasting coffee coming out. Um, who's your, who's your major market right now coming out of China? Is most of the coffee going? Um, yeah. A lot of it goes to the um, to Asia, so there's okay. Korean. Um, I mean, you know, people always ask us 
uh, what is what do you think is going on or whatever. But we really don't know because we're not like a big volume sales yeah. um, farm. We're very low volume, like very boutique coffee. So um, we know our coffee go, goes to Korean roasters, goes to Taiwan roasters, and Jap and Jap Japan also buys some. Okay. So, how is it received in Korea? <laughs> Just out of curiosity, because yeah. Korea is uh, Korea is pretty Korea explosive is on coffee explode. right now. Yeah, it's very what? I was gonna say explosive on coffee. Yeah, like it's, that's it's right. They have some of the market. best coffees, yeah. creative, yeah. you know, innovative stuff. Every roaster manufacturer I've talked to, the, the companies that make the roasters, their oh, yeah. biggest market is Korea and Japan for the roasters. Yeah, Diedrich, they, they really push like the three to one. Like, yeah. to the rest they really of the world. latch on. It seems like uh, the. I, I think most Asian cultures, they, they are trend-setting in some sides. And then when they find something that they like, they really latch onto it and explore it really well. I mean, the latte art competitions, you'll see that at least 50% of the competitors are, are from... Japan. Yeah. Japan. Yeah. 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 I didn't want to say just one yeah. group, but yeah, I mean, it definitely seems like they've <laughs> picked on to it and, and gone yeah. with it. So. That, yeah. Just to... I was gonna say a remark on on latte art competitions. I think that um, uh, especially, well, pretty much anywhere else in the world. So latte art here in the in the United States, particularly, uh, certainly in like the the World Latte Art Championships and such. Well, even the ones so latte art championships I saw down in 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 Australia. You know, they have the very technical component. I think we talked yeah. about this a long time ago. But there, there's a there, at least half of the competition is very creative. Yeah. I think a lot of that, certainly all the latte art I see coming out of like Japan, Korea, and the Asian countries so, are very creative looking, like yeah. like actual latte art, not just like right. variations on Rosetta or whatever. And it's very, yeah, it's very innovative. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, it's, it's the most, it's the most relatable part of the coffee. I think, I think that comes from the earlier part of the market where, you know, to show like your customer what a good cup of coffee. Right. Mm. It it also fits with social media. It's something that can yeah. share. You can't share yeah. a flavor profile it's of that amazing coffee beautiful. you have. Yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. Obviously something that somebody spent a lot of time to right. prepare. It's yeah. not well, I think not it's, anybody um, you can just do that. It is actually does have a pretty good correlation between the quality of the drink because you need a certain quality of Generally. the shot that you pulled and you need a certain quality of the Steam milk. I mean, we oh, put good. terrible dark, dark roasted coffee in for our latte art competition that we had here because it looks Actually, great for the contrast. On the coffee. <laughs> That's a fair point. But yeah, <laughs> and so it's free. When, I'm, when I'm talking about the creativity uh, in the, I'm not, I'm talking about the creativity in roasting, but in the latte art, I think that actually works to your benefit to just have really dark, really dark bitter coffee. You know, to go with your That's milk. A good point. Um, it stands out. It becomes like chocolatey when you mix it with, you know, whole milk, and then it looks really good to contrast. Right. So. Yeah. Well, and when you're going for latte art, you're not necessarily going for number of customers that are drinking. All and this. you know, yeah, when there's it really dilutes mm. it down. But when you're really tasting for the nuance of the coffee, it's. Um, I might not put milk in my coffee. Right. <laughs> so. Right. Yeah, I guess I guess I was just thinking mostly in terms of the <laughs> a barista that cares at a shop that cares. You know, yeah. I mean, they're gonna have they're gonna take some care with their coffee. I yeah. think it's yeah. I know, think and, that's and, the requirement. 
and then on top of that, you have to have the good right. taste of coffee. I think we're being a little facetious with only dark coffees because it is a, a cheap way to make good latte. But there is a company that either it's a it's a printer that prints out. It's it's like a gelatin art that you stick on top of the coffee yep. to make it look yeah. like latte art, or they just saw the vending machine that does it with powdered chocolate. Yeah. Yeah. yeah there's. A lot I have a million dollar idea. I'm going to give to your your subscribers right now, is I want lids to go lids. That have latte. That have latte art printed on it. Oh. There you go. Where See, you this is what you get for listening to the that's, podcast. You get million you dollar ideas. <laughs> With a sharpie on the on the lid. Dump that robusta in there. Tastes like Dark, mold and Jesse, goat milk. Why did you have to tell everybody the secret? <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. I forgot that was your idea. How awkward. <laughs> yeah, then we took the lid off. We just put a bunch of chocolate on clear, top of the lid. Clear, perfectly so clear latte like, art lids. Hey, check it out. Oh, that mean that the barista would have to do latte art. <laughs> Darn. <laughs> yeah, the idea of clear lids, that's, Actually, that's way better. We, we had it for, we had it for a two-girl coffee. We had to go coffee. do that. Yeah. A lot of people have that for their two-girl coffee. Like, people, a lot of, pe- a lot of um, cafes get um, two-go business, so it's like an office ordering coffees. Oh, okay. And by then, your latte art doesn't really last. Really? So you put, like, chocolate. So coffee delivery is a big thing in China? Yeah. I mean, like, ordering a latte and having it delivered to you? It's pretty much have anything delivered. The office buildings, they wouldn't necessarily invest in an espresso machine, but they want their employees to have... You know, nice right. drinks. That seems like that wouldn't be very cost-effective, though. You'd think that, John, but we've had several phone calls here where people think we deliver by lattes by bites. Oh, wait. <laughs> that's got to be it. John Liberty. John Liberty. I'm going to get one of you to do that at some point. I don't know how. Deliver a coffee. But at some point, I'm going to get one of you to deliver me a latte Oh, you have somewhere. to remember there's... You know, Joseph, if you lived in Seattle instead of your wannabe Bainbridge out there, yeah, then okay. maybe we That'd would... possible. Like I gave you See? the Canadian accent on out there. See, <laughs> I told you there's a way. I'm gonna make it happen. Yep, delivered by ferry. Yeah. <laughs> Do you want to ride your bike onto the ferry all the way over there, and just and make sure it's fresh. Yep, I'll do loops on the ferry to I make mean, sure. You have to complain about fresh. the coffee being cold by the time it gets to you. Exactly. Well, this is cold. Oh, yeah, watch your temperature, John. <laughs> I know. Watch your temperature <laughs> in the other direction. Oh man. Uh. Are we, okay. are we ready for an awkward ending? Oh, Meh. Yeah. Do you want to share more? I, I only want to make it awkward. You okay. know, that's the only way I want to oh, go out of. we've done that already, I think. <laughs> that was perfect. Please, We're back please, with please. Sorry about that seizure. Please. Re- <laughs> <laughs> I'll leave We're that back. In. I'll leave that in. <laughs> oh, we left it on during the commercial break. Um, <laughs> we have commercial breaks and no commercials. Uh Please, please, please review the uh, the show on iTunes. Um, you can go on iTunes and search Coffee Lovers Mag. Uh, no, well, yeah, you can search Coffee Lovers Magazine. That'd be great. Uh, you can review the magazine. That's awesome. Uh, but Coffee Lovers Radio, they'll take you to the show. Review also the show. awesome. Uh, also awesome. And uh, CoffeeLoversRadio.com will take you somewhere that has something about the show. Yeah. <laughs> it's all in transition right now. Always a pleasure to host website. you at Conduit Coffee. Always a pleasure to be here. We like our hashtag for Sunrise Coffee Club. Sunrise Coffee Club. Hashtag. Join Instagram. it. All right, cheap plug, Janet. Um, Mount Little River. Um, <laughs> Nestle. Mount <Little> River. <laughs> we only hope that two 
you have any taste or coffee, let us know if you like it or not. Um, all we want to do is make you happy. <laughs> <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.